This episode of The Kona Edge is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at thekonaedge.com forward slash free trial. With titles like Rich Rolls' Finding Ultra, Rejecting Middle Age, Becoming One of the World's Fittest Men and Discovering Myself, or Chris Froome's autobiography, The Climb, Audible has you covered. With over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, discover more at thekonaedge.com forward slash free trial. This is the Kona Edge, the home of Ironman triathletes who dream of qualifying for the World Championships on the Big Island. You're listening to the Kona Edge. I'm Brad Brown. We're going to chat some running today with uh, someone who is a phenomenal runner. She's been struggling with uh, a bit of an injury early on this year. It seems to uh, have come right, which is great news. Jackie Giuliano, welcome back onto the Kona Edge. Jackie, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Jackie, something you, you mentioned to me early, early on in our first chat was that uh, growing up you struggled with, with some injury too. Obviously, this last year has been particularly challenging for you with the plantar fasciitis, but you, you, you're no stranger to injury, unfortunately. It, it has something that's plagued your running career over the years. Yeah, it definitely has. <laughs> As far as that, that I mean, we, we spoke about the frustrating, but what have you sort of done over the years to to avoid it? Because I think that's one thing a lot of people struggle with. They, they want to do as much volume as possible, but often it's the volume that does cause those injuries. What are some of the things you've done to, to avoid injury generally? Um, I think a, a big component is doing strength training. Um, now that I'm only running four days a week versus, you know, the – the six to seven that I was before, um, I have a lot more time for strength training. And I think that that's huge because, I mean, really all three of our sports, you're just going in a forward direction the whole time. So there's all these muscles like going laterally that you really need to work to like help that forward movement. Um, so I think that that has been huge. I think also really focusing on like getting massages for my body and sitting in recovery boots and using um, using all these little tools like the R8, the, the foam roller, like all of those things. I think that um, those have been very helpful in keeping me injury-free. Jackie, since dialing back to, to four days a week, have you seen a difference in your run performance? Do you, do you feel you're running as well as you were when you were possibly running six, seven days a week? Or has there been a dip in your performance? Um, I mean, I think, especially now, since I'm finally starting to find my groove again, like now I'm hitting times that I, I'm, I'm happy with. And I think, yeah, a big part of that is because since I'm only running four days a week, like I'm really focusing on those days and really trying to get the most out of my body on those days. Uh, it's something that comes up quite often. You, you talk about focusing on those days. Junk miles. Uh, what, what's, your, what's your thought on junk miles, particularly with the run if you're injury prone? Oh my gosh. I, I think that's what kept me injury prone. I, I loved junk miles just because I love the feeling of going out for a run. Like I think a lot of people feel it's a stress reliever and, you know, you can just kind of like push everything off of your brain and go out and, you know, enjoy yourself. Um, but I, I really think that if you're an injury prone person doing junk miles is, is so bad. As far as workouts, what do you love doing from a, from a run perspective? Oh, I, I love going on the track, like those pain sessions, like 
those are a lot of fun for me. <laughs> talk to me about those painting sessions. Talk talk me through one of one of the the tough ones that you that at the time maybe you don't love that much, but uh, the feeling afterwards is amazing. Anything including either 400 repeats or 800 repeats, those are my favorite because you just have to go so much harder. Like you just have to really, really dig deep. Um, Like mile repeats, like, yeah, those are hard, but usually you can make it if you have like a little window. Um, But going hard for a short amount of time is at a higher intensity is even more challenging for me personally. How do you break your week up of those four runs? How many of, uh, talk to me from a, from a long run perspective or a track work perspective, how's that week broken up and, and what do you do in those four runs? Um, usually Tuesdays are more of like my speed type and then Thursdays are more um, kind of just a little bit faster than Ironman pace, but so more of like a threshold type run. Um, Saturdays are my runs off the bike, um, usually just, a, just around marathon pace or, or Ironman marathon pace are slightly lower. And then Sundays are my long runs that usually have, you know, like a two mile warm up, two mile cool down, and then Ironman pace work in between. You talk long runs. In 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 the build up to an Ironman, let's say your peak week, what's the longest long run you would do in the build up to an Ironman? Normally I would get into um probably have two twenty milers or an eighteen and a twenty miler. Um, but because I've, my season's been a little bit shorter and I've you know, come back from injury twice already this season. Um, I think Ryan said my longest long run is only going to be 16, which again, I have a base of running, so it's not a super big deal, but you know, mentally I'm like only 16 miles, that's 10 more till a marathon. Um, so I just, that's more mentally. I have to handle that. Yeah, I mean, We all know once you get to mile 16 of a marathon, everything's hurting anyway. You just, it just hurts for longer. It's not that it hurts <laughs> worse. It just, just hurts for longer. That's all it is. Well, Jackie, thank you so yeah. much for joining us here on the Kona Edge today. Much appreciated. I look forward to, to delving into your nutrition strategy, but we'll save that for another day. Thanks for, for chatting to us. All right. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Kona Edge. Run like the wind. Our next free online running seminar is happening soon. Sign up now on the KonaEdge.com slash running seminar. Don't forget, you can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free Audible trial at thekonaedge.com forward slash free trial. One of the 180,000 titles available and you can download it free right now is Matt Fitzgerald's How Bad Do You Want It? Mastering the Psychology of Mind Over Muscle. Greg Lamond woke up in a strange bed. For a second or two, he knew nothing more, his mind hovering in that narrative-free state of animal consciousness that greets each of us at the threshold of wakefulness. Then it all came back to him. He was in a hotel room in Versailles, France. The date was Sunday, July 23, 1989. At 4.14 that afternoon, he would compete in the final stage of the Tour de France. It was going to be the most important race of his life. He dressed in a yellow t-shirt and baggy blue shorts and made his way down to the ground floor, where he sat at a long table and ate a hearty breakfast of pasta, bread, cereal, eggs, and coffee with his teammates on the ADR cycling team. An hour later, they were on their bikes, just cruising, loosening up their legs for later. Overcast skies loomed above them as they pedaled away from the hotel, but by the time the ride was complete, the clouds had burned off and the air temperature had risen into the low 80s. Greg later told writer Sam Apt what he told his trainer, Otto Yakame, when he returned to his lodgings. My legs are good. I'm going to have a very good day. There was plenty of time left to kill. As the second-place rider in the general classification, GC, 
or overall race standings, Greg would start the conclusive 24.5-kilometer individual time trial next to last among the Tour's 134 surviving competitors, two minutes before Frenchman Laurent Fignon, the race leader. A two-time winner of the Tour de France, Fignon stood merely 50 seconds ahead of Greg after 20 stages and more than 2,000 miles of riding. Greg was the stronger time trialist, but he would have to make up an improbable two seconds per kilometer between Versailles and Paris to overtake Fignon and the GC and claim his own second Tour de France victory. Whichever way it went, it promised to be the closest finish in the event's 76-year history. Greg's many fans in America and around the world considered it victory enough that he was even in this position. Two years earlier, Greg's brother-in-law, Pat Blades, had plugged him in the back with a shotgun from a distance of 30 yards. The accident happened on April 20, 1987, on Greg's uncle Rod Lamont's property in Lincoln, California. Greg should have been in Europe, racing with the Lavi Claire team and preparing to defend the tour title he had won the previous July. But a crash in Italy had left him with a broken bone in his left hand, and he was sent back to the States to convalesce. Near the end of the six-week recuperative stint, Greg's uncle talked him into taking a short break from training to hunt wild turkey. To download that book, head over to theconeedge.com forward slash free trial. If you'd like to access the commercial free feed of The Cone Edge, go to theconeedge.com forward slash support.